1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Valspar Championship Research. First look and brief preview. If you're watching out there, smash the like button to the episode in the comment section. Please give me your early lean for this Valspar Championship and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. You want some more golf content, some more NFL draft content? It's all going to be up there this week week we have a ton there's already a ton of nfl draft stuff out already then the mock draft is coming out plus maybe some more football stuff throughout the week kentucky derby is this week which means we get raza and cam i mean if you just want to set your ringtone to you're gonna be looking good with the kentucky derby show that'll be out later this week plus the full complement of golf shows for the valspar championship listeners league link is in the description of this video and podcast if you're listening to the audio version subscribe rate and review five stars. That is the currency that we deal with in the podcasting world. So please help us out with at least a five star rating. If you're feeling generous, a five star review. The rating takes literally four seconds. It just, I mean, the, the most of the time is actually scrolling to the bottom of your iPhone when you're on the podcast page and just hitting five stars. But it is greatly appreciated. Plus, there's the free newsletter that I have in the description. Become a sub to that. I, you know, it's just everything com- compartmentalized in one place. And if I see something late on Wednesday evening that I haven't been able to say on the show, uh, you'll be able to get it in that newsletter. Plus, promos and giveaways and all that fun stuff too. So, subscribe to the newsletter. Tons of people have done it so far, so I recommend you get in on the action. Also, fantasynational.com/slash mayo will get you 20% off. My walkthrough today will be primarily on fantasynational.com. The best tools, the best stats, everything you need. The PGA Championship is coming up, and now we're out of a period where we have strokes gained for a lot of these courses, and when we talk about Copperhead, which we will this week, and then Quail Hollow, which I'm not sure if I'm doing the show yet or not. I'm moving, so it's going to be a bit tough for me to do, potentially. If I can get the the internet situation figured out, my movers show up with my equipment, then hey, I'll be doing all the shows you could ever possibly want. But uh, it's courses that we did not see last year on the PGA Tour schedule, so using FantasyNational.com to dig back in is going to be a nice refresher for a lot of people out there. So go check that out, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Put the tools to good use now. Get ready for the major when there's a million dollars on the line. Seems Decent, both to me. Plus, with all these strokes gained events we have coming up, uh, the real time stats. I mean, the Zurich is just like a complete write off in terms of trying to parse what stats are. We weren't able to get them from Augusta because Augusta has those proprietary to themselves. But with all the upcoming tournaments, you know, the live leaderboard is going to be super key for in, li- in live betting for head to head each day. If you want to play round by round, and of course, DraftKings showdown and the weekend slate, all there for you, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Me, Cust, and Tim got together, along with Elliot Christ. Elliot Christ gave out like serious stuff, but Tim, Jeff, and I talked about uh, NFL props and what they hope the Jets and Chargers do. That came out on Saturday morning, so go rewind after you watch this, of course, and smashing the like button and all that stuff, to check out that show. Tim's got some takes, primarily about Trevor Lawrence, which uh, include the CFL, which I was not prepared for. You'd think I'd be prepared for anything Tim has to say at this point, but... Not the case whatsoever. This one actually really surprised me. But let's jump into the field. We have 156 players in the field at the Valspar Championship. It is a completely full field event. And we did not see it on the schedule last year. The previous two times that we saw it, we had Paul Casey win both of those times. Minus 8 and minus 10 were the winning scores that year. Uh, I've had some nice runs at this tournament in the past. Obviously, one of the most successful betting weeks I ever had, and it was one that actually launched Matthew Wiley onto the scene, uh, because we hit three gigantic winners all in the same week. So there was the Valspar, and this used to be played in early March. Now it's at the end of April. I kind of like it. I love this tournament. It's one of my favorite courses. Town being number one, Valspar just behind. It's really tough. If they could ever play a U.S. Open here, it'd be kind of awesome, because you could really deck this out. It's hard enough anyway, but if you put it in, like, U.S.G.A. U.S. Open-style conditions, it'd be fucking impossible, uh, which I would be completely on board for but adam hadwin won 100 to 1 in 2017 also hit jim herman first round leader that year at 125 to 1 and then wiley never heard of this guy before you know we were doing some back and forth on twitter he's like ssp cheresia is the play at the Indian Hero open. He was like 90 to 1. That one that week too. Should have doubled them all together. Would have won like 50,000 bucks. I didn't, but I bet each of them separately. So that one paid off the year pretty quickly. Hopefully we can get some good run at the Zurich this weekend or at least over in Euro with Higo and Guido both in the mix. Guido the 54-hole leader, but as it sticks out in my mind, I know this is not the case, but every time that I have a guy who is leading on the European tour after three rounds, they end up losing to some guy I've legit never heard of, whose name I can't pronounce, and they lose in, like, the most devastating fashion possible, like a 70-foot eagle putt on 18 just to lose it's like good god man what happened although we ran pure on the euro tour last week with john catlin at 70 to 1 so having two guys in the mix is good if one of these idiots that i bet on for the Zurich can at least go into the top five you know then we have some each way doubles on the go i'm hoping it's going to be gim and su but they may have fucked themselves over all my guys just had a really devastating back nine Friday at the Zurich it was only a one percent six of six by the way at the Zurich Classic and the five of six wasn't looking so good either so if you have a good five of six with potentially the winner and maybe some top fives uh, you'll probably be in the money this week at the Zurich Classic on DraftKings good luck to all your bets out there well like you mentioned 156 players in the field it's a lot Uh, the six to six percentage is going to be super low it's not like there's new cut rules it's still top 65 and ties end up making the cut this is also the place when people say that keegan bradley or anyone can go full keegan let's rewind to when he did that at the vallisborough championship from first round leader to missing the cut the keegan bradley experience um, so maybe he's up for some redemption. We've had some nice runs here too. Like we had, um, I had Im and Kokrak both 40 to one the year that Casey won. The last time we saw this, all Kokrak had to do was get it up and down on 18 and make a par, just force the playoff. He actually had a really nice look on the 72nd hole to make his birdie and just com- went full Jason Kokrak and just completely blew it. Uh, that was in the middle of his super hot run as well. But he's an interesting name to go back and look at this week. Uh, Hadwin has won here, like I mentioned, Charles Schwartzel, Jordan Spieth, beat Patrick Reed and Sean O'Han- Pair in a playoff. Uh, if you'll also remember the Paul Casey year, that Tiger and Reed the first year, ended up one stroke back. Corey Connors very much in the mix that season, too. And Brant Snediger. that was just a really fun tournament. When you have courses that are difficult like this, it actually creates some really good leaderboards at the top, because it's just like a five-man race to the finish on Sunday, and really, that's all you want. Unless, like, you had bet on Stuart Sink at the Heritage, you're like, I don't want anyone within fucking 3,000 miles of this guy. I don't need anyone putting any pressure on. I want to coast to my 100 50 to one cash, and that's exactly what happened. Did not make for super entertaining television, uh, or even following it along, just because it was over so quickly once Morikawa took himself out of it. But we've seen a lot of closely contested Valispar championships so I'm hoping that we get another good one on the go because the field itself is pretty good to tell you the truth. Uh, Woodlands won here, Luke Donald's won here. He won like a, I think this was the six man playoff that he ended up winning. I can't really remember. John, send in the clowns, send in the birdies that week. He won at minus seven. The, the best winner that we've seen was. Hadwin at minus 14. He outdueled the resurgent Patrick Cantlay when Cantlay was just first back coming up. He had a nice finish at Pebble Beach, and then he did the same here. Hadwin was in the middle of a hot iron run. Uh, Hadwin's playing a little bit better right now, but the Irons have not returned whatsoever. So be wary of someone like Adam Hadwin. But I mean, this is the Paul Casey classic at this point. Yeah, Kokrak and Louie came second by a shot back to Casey the last time we saw it. Reed and Woods. That was the year that Reed had a chance to win the tournament on the 18th hole. And He sent his birdie putt up and it came back down the hill and then he made bogey and Paul Casey ended up winning. That's how Paul Casey had to backdoor his way into a championship. I look forward to going the entire week, uh, talking myself out of playing Paul Casey, although he's probably a really good play. And then uh, he ends up winning for the third time in a row at this event. If we just jump over to fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself full access to the site and 20% off. You'll just see at the very top end of the field. You got Dustin Connors, JT, Hovland, Reed, Neiman, Kirk, Tringali, Henley, and Louie. Those are your top 10 in terms of strokes gained over the past 50 rounds. But just other notable names in the field. You got Hatton, M, Answer, and uh griot who's been hot fire charlie hoffman continues to play well coke racks back in the field you got your gim reaper scotty scheffler casey lonto palmer what else do we got on the go here burns off uh, mr keegan bradley himself he's back to face the demons johnny uh uh-huh? we haven't seen him in a while any other good names that are kind of buried charles howell keeps having like good first rounds justin rose is in the field so is bubba brennan grace continues to lurk around there's hadwin kisner kevin nah Ian Poulter. Oh, our guy, Vince Whaley. Guy's not bad, tell you the truth. Hey, Mackenzie Hughes, Alex Noren, Adam Adam Long, Doc Redman, Ryan Moore, Danny Willett, K.H. Lee, Christoph Ventura. Maybe he'll get his full-time tour card if him and Vic can pull out the big win at the Zurich Classic this week. Here's Woodland. I want to dig into Woodland before we start a little bit. J.B. Holmes and Stenson, who pretty decent masters, was doing really well with Justin Rose at the Zurich. Since there's no stats to really take away from that you have to wonder how much is Stenson how much is Rose but it's encouraging to see him have some life all of a sudden uh Shez Rivi is playing you also have Chase Kepka in the field Keith Mitchell back on Bermuda that's always nice to see Cameron Champ oh Rasmus Hogard my guy he's going to be in the field as well maybe he can do a little bit better than he did the Zurich this time around any big names hidden down here now nah, that's about it so that's the extent of the field itself those are the top names uh, that you're going to see near the top of the betting. Board with Dustin around I'm very interested to see what odds they put down with Dustin there's a chance that Justin Thomas ends up being the betting favorite at this tournament but Dustin just continues to lurk just a little bit and where this is a 156 man field it's not you know uh, it's not going to be easy to win and this field you know I mentioned the names at the top as well they're all pretty good in that sense However, uh, if Dustin starts hanging like a 12 or 13, all of a sudden you're getting, he was like eight to one to win the Masters. Then he's going to be like 13 or 12 to one or 14 to one to win the Valspar just because Justin Thomas is here. Corey Connors is going to be like 16 to one. Corey Connors and Dustin Johnson, the discrepancy between their odds coming into this week is just going to be outrageous. So uh, be very aware. I mean, this is hey, the Corey Connors can't win, but when you're pricing him essentially much higher than Patrick Reed, which I fully expect, uh, be careful what you wish for in that. Patrick Reed is probably just just the bet uh just kind of looking at everything, taking a step back and looking at all these names reed's going to come in at like 22 25 to 1 uh, double the odds of all the guys at the top and you know he wins just as often as all of these guys i'll get sucked back into neiman too i like this field it's this gonna be a fun event uh gary woodland just very quickly how's he been doing As you can see, he made the cut at the Masters. He chipped the shit out of the ball at Valero, but the ball striking was on point there. Actually gained a few strokes putting at the players. Ball striking elite. Uh, He's won this tournament before, and when we dig in, you'll see that ball striking is really kind of the key that you want to. Club down Gary is kind of the guy that you always want, so I'm curious to see what Woodland's odds are going to be. I mean, with him, it's all about the putting. Can he actually gain on the greens? That's to be seen, but if it's a week where he does, he generally has a pretty good finish. J.B. Holmes, doing, JB? Yeah, it's not looking great for JB. Let's take a pass on him. Stenson, 38th of the Masters, going to be in contention at the Zurich, gained on approach at Valeros, and the putting getting a little bit better over time. I can go dig in for the article and shows throughout the week to find out what his strokes gained were at the Masters. I don't have them off the top. Those are proprietary information numbers, So, but I have access to them, so I will try to get those out to you if you have any questions about how people did at the Masters. And then you look at DJ. How did DJ do? Well, his approach game has been just god-awful recently. The putting has actually been bailing him out, but 5.1 strokes gained off the tee. Couldn't have picked a worse course to gain that many strokes off the tee, to be perfectly honest with you, than Harbortown, where driving doesn't mean everything in the world. But the fact that he got back up to that level is really encouraging to see. Now, of course, you want the irons to come along for the ride. Nice to see that the putter is running pretty well. But as soon as he figures out his approaches, we know that the driving is back intact. And listen, I don't need to sell you on Dustin Johnson. He's the fucking number one player in the world. But I know that people are going to have hesitations about him coming in just based off his recent performance. So I don't think it's, I don't think he's a lock to win or anything like that. But if he figures out those irons, then everyone is going to be in a lot of of trouble. If you're a fellow whose resting body temperature rivals that of Las Vegas pavement mid July, standard antiperspirants probably don't give you much relief. But before you resign yourself to a life of perpetual pit stains, know this Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant is made for guys who run uncomfortably hot. Its moisture and friction activated cooling system is formulated with menthol to give you an all day sensation of standing under an air conditioner cranked to high, not a heat lamp, stuck on broil. Available in refreshing menthol and eucalyptus and peppermint and musk scents, dry ice uses activated charcoal to effectively combat sweat and stank. And with the highest level of odor and wetness protection allowable, you'll last longer in the heat, and your t-shirts will too. Dry ice cooling antiperspirant, that's the menthol and eucalyptus, 2.6 ounces, $12 each. It has the menthol to deliver instant cooling with a distinctively fresh scent. Enriched with activated charcoal to remove toxins while deodorizing moisture and friction-activated cooling system that keeps you cool in the highest, again, allowable sweat protection. Same goes for the peppermint and musk, 2.6 ounces, $12 each. If your internal thermostat feels like it's perpetually set to sauna, pick up a stick of Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant. It'll feel as refreshing as jumping naked into a frigid lake without the risk of frostbite on your undercarriage. Visit DukeCannon.com and use promo code Mayo for 10% off your next order. Plus, get free shipping with orders over 20 bucks. A curated collection of Duke Cannon products are also available at select Target stores. As you know, I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food and realized I basically can't eat anything anymore, so I just started eating unhealthy foods again. But... Enter some Magic Spoon. Of course you know about Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, too. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got some exciting news. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, Birthday Cake. Sounds incredible. Birthday cake magic spoon will be available in a special five pack for a limited time only. So get it while you can. Or build your own box. Available flavors to build your own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I would just get all fruity because it rules. And if you're listening from Canada, where I listen from, magic spoon now ships there as well essentially it's this magic spoon is a great breakfast it's a great snack whatever you want it's just delicious i come home after work i'm not looking to carb up even before i eat dinner the kids are running around i don't have 30 minutes to make something like super fresh in terms of like vegetables and all that that's very time consuming i gotta watch the kids and i'm starving at this second magic spoon It works. It's delicious. Go get it. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And be sure to use our code, Mayo, that is M-A-Y-O for those of you who don't know how to spell mayo because you're morons, at checkout to save $5 off this order. This order is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code, that's mayo at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's check out the past course conditions, the course breakdown, the recent results, and the tournament history from this episode course as you can see once again find all of this on fantasynational.com we got Bermuda greens the greens are always firm hitting fairways always difficult uh, so accuracy can come into play a lot and scoring tends to be average to difficult over time it's uh it's not an easy track like I said when you can win at minus 10 minus 8 you make your putts make good use of your irons and it's not to say that there aren't gettable holes on this course there, there most definitely are if we check out the where is it? Where is the scorecard? Well, we'll flip over to the scorecard in a second. But uh, Green Speed fast as well, uh, generally speaking. Now, this is a different time of year than we've ever seen the Valspar before. It's now at the end of April as opposed to the beginning of March. So I don't know what sort of effect that's going to have on the green speed, the firmness, but I would expect it to play, you know, I mean, it's later on in the summer, things are a bit more dried out. Fast and Firm sounds about as good as you're going to do. Uh, for Innesbro- Brook Resort, uh, we can also... Take a quick gander over. Oh, I thought I had it pulled up. Here's the official scorecard. 7,340 yards par 71 is what we're looking at this year for the official 2021 scorecard. But if we go back and just kind of see, do we have any sort of leeway? Of course, there's the snake pit. (laughs) That's always going to get you. As you can see, holes 16 through 18, the hardest, 7th hardest, and 6th hardest on the course Oh, annually. So that's never great. So the wraparound format in terms of starting on the back nine for showdown purposes, probably not going to be great. Not going to see a whole lot of wraparound birdies. Number eight's tough. It used to have like three pretty moderate holes uh, from 9, 10, and 11. So the players that start on number 10 in rounds one and two, start their, their, their front nine on the back nine, seem to be at a bit of a less, di- seem to be a bit of a more disadvantaged than starting on hole number one because the nine, 10, 11 birdie streak is at least feasible. Gonna be super tough uh, if you try to go 17, 18, one, 18, one, two. I mean, if you could sneak a birdie on 18, it's only an 11% rate, then you're actually in pretty good condition because hole number one is the easiest hole on the course. Uh, it's a par five. You can make eagle on that hole if you're deep enough off the tee. You can keep it in the short grass, but a 40% birdie rate. Uh, you can see approach uh, amongst top 10 finishers uh, over two and a half to almost two and a half times what off the tee is around the green and off the tee tend to contribute a lot more. Again, a lot like heritage. This is an irons and putting course, but you do you, know, you can't lose off the tee. You can't lose around the greens. I mean, you could probably lose on one of them if you make up for it on the greens, I suppose, but uh, it's sort of a more balanced course, but you want to take your hot iron players. As you can see, if you just shrink that down to top five finishers approach and putting tend to equalize themselves out a little bit more, uh, uh, in terms of being far more influential than anything else, then about half of that, a little less than half, you have off the tee and around the green. Par fives, you need guys that can score on par fives here. Those are the easy holes. That's where you have to get your birdies. And when you're at a minus eight, minus nine, minus 10 type of course, unless you're just going to go absolutely hog wild on the par threes, which I guess is, I guess, reasonable. Let's see, the the par, oh, that whole stuff. Uh, where's the first par three? That's easy. That par three is easy. This one's tough. That's number eight number 13, very tough, and number 17, very tough. So if you're going to do your par three scoring, you're probably going to be doing it on hole number four where there is a 13.2% birdie rate not that bad but that's still the 13th easiest hole or the i guess the 13th most difficult fifth easiest or sixth easiest You never remember the the minor anyway it's on the easier side put it that way uh you can actually if put it this way if your guys aren't like one under two under through five holes if they start on the front you're about to be in a whole lot of hurt because three of the easiest holes right away are within the first five holes so if you know they're coming out of there at like plus one uh, probably not a good sign for the rest of the round going Forward. The whole composition, you have these short power fours. There are seven of them on the card. The power fives are shorter. Oh, yeah. Is this the course? It is, too. Yeah, there's totally forgot about this. I should have mentioned this right off the hop. There are five par threes at this course and a full complement of the four par fives uh, that you can kind of go after. You can see the eagle rate not very high on any of the par fives. They are the four easiest holes on the courses, however. Uh, if you can birdie three of them in a round or maybe sneak in an eagle, then you're looking pretty good when it comes down to it. No drivable par fours on the course. Uh, in the par threes, you know, two of them are pretty deep. Three of them, I mean, the shortest one is at 172, so that's that's going to be difficult either way uh, just try to tread some water on the ones over 200 yards there is a par four that is 378 396 and then you have 411 424 425 426 438 445 you don't really have any of the long ones let's see if they've actually increased them so yeah one of the shorter ones is 455 now 465 now and that's still going in 475, number 16. So they've lengthened number 16 over time. Where's number 16 here? Yeah, it was 445, now 475. So there's a bit more discrepancy. So we had seven that were between 400 and 450. I think that's down to five now, and two, of them, two or three of them get bumped up, and one of the 300 ones gets bumped up as well. As you can see, the average shot distribution over time, uh, the m- plurality of the approach shots are going to come from 175 to 200. Uh, but not a lot of short wedges on here like 17 percent 125 to 150 11 uh, uh, from 100 to 125 then you got your scrambling ranges 75 to 100 or even your third shots on par fives and then zero to 75 4.3 not going to happen very often you're looking at between 150 uh, plus this week where depending on the driving distance of the player that you're going to want to focus in on different ranges driving accuracy a bit below average green And regulation a bit below average. Scrambling is a little bit higher, three putts per round, about even to tour average. Driving distance way lower because of the trees, because of the rough, uh, and because of some of the not necessarily forced layups, but you do want to improve your accuracy because it's so vital to be in the fairway that you're going to see some of the bombers club down a little bit. So it takes away from their very high end driving distance. Let's go back and look over time and see how it was done. You got. Paul Casey, like I mentioned, was the winner here in 2019. He also won in 2018. Kokrak, Louis, Sungjae, and Bubba were the top five. Then you have Armor, DJ, Cook, Donald. Gee, that must have been the last Luke Donald finish. Denny McCarthy. Oh, hi, Denny. And Scott Stallings rounded up the top 10. Lucas Glover is actually playing pretty well coming in this event. Then has got Ch- Chuck Hoffman, T18, as a T11 at that. It's surrounded by three missed cuts as well. But denny mccarthy coming in playing well lucas glover t De green coming in playing very well at least in my mind that's the case i think they kind of folded a little bit at heritage but yeah fourth at valero great off the tee great on approach great off the tee at heritage kind of lost it a little bit on approach but strangely for lucas glover he's gained strokes putting in four consecutive events not really likely to happen based on his career but it's nice to see that that's kind of going for him at the moment uh Valsper in his career 13th 74th 18th past three starts miscut 24th miscut so uh, a decent week to maybe jump on to Lucas Glover not necessarily to win mind you but something like a top 20 top 10 bet DK play depending on the pricing Paul Casey Patrick Reed are one and two of players who are in this field. Obviously, Louis also tied for second that year. I'm sorry, Tiger tied for second that year. Uh, and he is obviously not playing. Patrick Reed, three top tens at this event over his past five. Missed the cut the last time that he was here. The other guys inside the top ten of the first Paul Casey year, Reed, Sabatini, Rose, Kokrak, Grace. And that was it. Sam Burns, Hadwin, and Steve Stricker, along with Sean O'Hare. And then there was Louis. Uh, louis in the field he actually has three top 20s in his past three starts at this event oh the mexican ai abe answer in his one start t16 interesting to see see Corey connor's kind of got himself out of it that year he finished t16 but i think he was in the final group or the second to final group i think he played with tiger that day and of all people i just i remember watching a lot of that one oh there's my guy ryan palmer t28 t42 okay okay here we're looking at the year hadwin won cantlay was in second herminator was in third um then charles stenson charles actually had a nice run here uh for those two years he had a win and a sixth place finish stenson used to be kind of like the primary guy that you would look at at this course i just don't know if his game is back up to those levels as of yet keith mitchell a short bermuda track course those are kind of his jam t11 in his only career start at this course you go back in time ryan Moore had two top fives in 2015 and 2016 there's reed uh, the T2, T7, and T2, along with the T38 and the missed cut. Charles Hal, two top tens at this course over time. Kokrak, three top ten finishes the past five years, including two of the past two. Stallings with the top ten. Sean O'Hara's two top 15 finishes in his past four starts. Who else is looking good here that maybe we might not realize? JT he's actually gotten progressively worse at this event over time top t10 t18 and miscut casey back to back of course first time he played it i don't know if it was ever but at least in ages coming into it sabatini two top 20s the past two events at this course uh three in a row top 16s for louis who else we see in here with maybe some decent track record? Now, then there's just a lot of newbies into the field. If we look at overall strokes gained, Rod Perry, not great, pal, minus 40 strokes. But that's only in two rounds each because he missed the cut each of the times. And then we have, let's see, Stenson has the most strokes gained total of any player in the field at this course the past five times. Then Reed, more Casey, and Chuck Schwartzel. Now, Casey did that in two starts, so pretty impressive. His strokes. Gain total per start, much higher than everyone else's, because he's looking at 12 per start. Then you have Kokrak, Louis O'Hare, Howell, and Rory Sabatini. Then Duff Daddy, Johnny... Uh-huh? the man of many question marks, Steve Stricker, Hadwin, Lovemark, Knox, Al Justin Thomas, Sammy Burns. Maybe Sammy Burns can keep the good times going like we were seeing early on in the Zurich. Russell Henley up there as well. would Not going to continue to sleep on Russell Henley. He's going to come in like 50 to 1, and that's going to be a good number. But look at that approach number, heritage, back-to-back top tens. Maybe we won't get a good number for him. What's his like overall career at the Valspar? Got to start spelling that correctly. Vallaspire, 42nd, ninth, and missed cut in three starts. Coming in, playing some pretty good golf. So I think that's a pretty decent uh, refresher. Let's see how they actually did it in terms of strokes gained the last time around. Uh, We saw in 2019, obviously, Paul Casey, just very good across the board. Only gained 0.4 strokes putting, but good off the tee, Good on approach, good around the greens. Not the best in any one of those, but just overall tee to green metrics, thir- 11.3. You can see, like, Louie gained a bunch of off the tee, didn't really gain, lost a bunch on approach, gained a bunch on the greens. Uh, Kokrak lost a bunch around the greens. That's how he lost. Uh, but the putting has been really turned around. I might actually just bet Jason Kochrack, even if he's like 28 to 1 or something like that. He was 40 to 1 last time. This field is stronger this time around. How are Sungjae's irons? at the Heritage. Anyway, Strokes gained T to Green last time we saw it. Casey, Armour, Glover, the Glove, M and Stenson, one, two, three, four, five. And that all four of those five gained across the board in the T to Green metrics. Bubba uh, was next. He lost on approach. Stenson lost around the greens. Knox lost around the greens. Louie lost on approach. But you can see that's a pretty big gap between Casey and everyone else. Uh, 11.3 to Armour, who is in second place at 98 Uh, approach leaders that week, Stenson, Knox, Sean, Stephanie, good God, Alex, check your head, and Kevin Kisner, one, two, three, four, five, uh, weren't able to really put it all together. Then you had Furyk, Casey, Kevin, Tway, who missed the cut, Armour, Stewart, Sungjay, and then Kokrak, Rafa Cabrera, Bayo, who seems to be turning it around a little bit. Oh, there's Neiman. Neiman gained off the tee, less than he normally does. How has he been lately? I feel like it's not been good. Gained a bunch on approach, couldn't putt, couldn't chip, and that is par for the course. Okay, so here we go. At the Heritage... And Sungjae looking pretty good here. 2.5 off the tee, 2.5 on approach. That's been the big thing with Jay. The around the green game has been bad. And then the iron game has been bad, but it's nice to see him spike an event like this coming off a miscut at the masters out uh, th- strokes gained off the tee is his second most of the year, and most since he came fifth at the opening event of the Tournament of Champions when he gained 5.2. And even before that, you would have to go back to the U.S. Open when he came 22nd last year, and then the Tour Championship when he came 11th to see him gain that many strokes with his irons. But generally, when he starts off and gets himself going with some good strokes gained approach numbers, he's got them for a bit, and the strokes gained off the tee have been immaculate all season long. So continue the hot putter. You don't need to gain the 76 just gained the 2.2. Don't kill yourself around the greens. And Jay back on the radar. Might just copy my card from last time, the last time this was here. Let's see, Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, the ball striking continues to be there. That is, I bet on him to win the Honda. I actually really liked him that week. And by all of the numbers, it looked like he had a good week. He came T25, but minus 5.1 strokes lost around the greens that might be the second most of his career his most was at st jude last year but well he can be this bad on the greens uh, around the greens. sorry that's not a typical performance as you can see you know he was about break even at the players and before that gain 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 so i'm not too worried that the chipping problems are going to continue to rear their ugly heads the putting has been really nice too and that's like on bermuda or even overseeded bermuda bermuda which plays more like poa but he's not doing this guy again, like from the Sony this year when he lost seven strokes putting. That was Sony last year, sorry, when he came fifty seventh, He came second this year. Like at Travelers, minus 6.3 after the restart. Memorial, minus 5.7. Like, you, you hope not to get one of those weeks. But you don't need the 8.8 like when he won the Greenbrier. Something in like the 2.4, 2.53 range. And you know he's the type of player that ball strikes well enough that that could be good enough to keep himself going here. Let's go back to, let's go to 2018 to see if there's any more sort of outliers. Let's just sort by tee to green, see how it was done. Sergio, Reed, and Tiger, one, two, three on the tee to green board. They came one, fourth, fourth, second, second on the leaderboard. Then it was Hadwin, then Paul Casey, who actually lost strokes off the tee that year, but still won, putted the lights out, unlike in his second win, gained a whole bunch off the tee. But the approaches are really the common theme here between these guys. Reed first. That's always encouraging to see whenever Patrick Reed can be up that high. Then J.B. Holmes, Blaine Berber. There's a throwback. Stuart Sink, our guy. Uh, Sergio, Garrigas, Tiger, Casey, Abe answer. So you're looking for your approach players. Can you ride a hot putter? But overall, you for a safer type of play, you probably just want to lean tee to green overall and hope guys can really do it that way um, across the board in their tee to green metrics. But that's going to really do it for me. I didn't play any of the big DraftKings contests. I've actually played very few DraftKings contests this week and it's probably a good thing I did 1% 6 of 6 it would have been a really good week to go ultra contrarian keep that in the back of your mind for next year for the Zerk. just take the biggest losers at the bottom and try to pair them up with like the three teams you actually feel good about and then try not to be as wrong as possible I have a 5 of 6 that's like looking really good in the big 10 dollar though so maybe I can win some of my money back with that one maybe I can still continue to cash in the PME as well so uh, thank you all for watching. Watching, remember to subscribe and become a member to fantasynational.com, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off. Join the Listeners League link, smash the like, check out all of the NFL draft content that's up there right now. And uh if you haven't, if you want to bet on the Oscars, we have two Oscars betting shows that are still good until Sunday evening. So if you want to try some winning some cash at that. Go ahead. I've been better off betting on like these weird side events than I have on golf recently. So hopefully we get some good news out of Euro and Zurich. We can turn this ship around going into the summer. Thank you all for watching. Let me know if you have any huge wins at Zurich or over at Euro. Always love seeing people who end up with big scores you know warms my heart because you know if i'm gonna lose i hope one of you guys can win all right we'll be back on monday with feinberg going over the bets and then DraftKings on tuesday maybe wednesday this week i'm not quite sure i'm gonna parse those out probably on tuesday though for the draft i'll see you next time
0: Experience.